It's time to embrace your inner O. Join GL Datus on his spiritual, personal development and self-help journey to enjoy a more vibrant and purposeful life with help from some of the world leading authors and experts in the mind, body and spirit field. So sit back, relax and enjoy the O People podcast. Find your inner O with the O People podcast. Hello, my name is Gavin Lee Davis, your host on this journey to find your inner O. O people are incredible people that are on a journey of discovery. O people have tapped into spiritual enlightenment, ancient teachings, motivational, inspirational energies, and have expanded their consciousness to embrace so many wondrous possibilities. The O people are here to guide us, to support us, and help open our minds and embrace the life we have been given. These are people that have learned to make positive changes, and some of these people have suffered tremendous ordeals of pain, loss, grief, and depression, but have reached for the light and become stronger for it. You too can find your inner O with the love, the teachings, and experiences that these O people give you. Anyone can be an O person, and these authors, motivators, and teachers will help you find self-love, inspiration, and empowerment. Welcome to the O People podcast and your journey to find your inner O. For more information on our O people and their work, visit www.o-books.com. And if the series motivates or inspires you, please visit our Patreon page and tip us $1 or £1 to support the series. And I will put you into a prize draw for a chance to win an O book every month. So visit www.patreon.com forward slash o people podcast that's www.patreon.com o people podcast please support us it will mean so much to keep this series running so for our first episode let's discover why i'm on my journey looking for my inner o My name is Gavin Lee Davis and I am the author of Haunted Horror of Haverford West. I am a publicist, marketer and sales trainer. And before you delve into this incredible series listening to the O people, I would just like to give you some insight into my life and who I am and why this journey is so important to me. My experiences will be comparable to your own and some unique. But all my life, regardless of the challenges or the success, the joy that each dawn brings, I knew there was something I was missing. It may have always been there, hidden in the static of life, but I was missing my inner O. What is this inner O, you may ask? You will soon find out. And when you have that realisation, oh my, it's the best feeling in the world. Once you get that inner O, there is no turning back. So let's start. Who am I? I'm a man that has experienced the good and the bad in life and I am grateful for the life I have. I have seen life as a blessing. It has been, like for most of you, a mixed bag. It's best that I am open as that is how we understand who we are and where we are going. So I apologise as some of the experiences I speak about are difficult to listen to but they are important to me and part of my life. My earliest memories are of extreme cruelty. My mother was a terrifying and violent person. I was often subjected to severe beatings and to this day I don't know why. I was just a little boy. My father, a kind and loving man, worked abroad. I can only speculate that my mother suffered severe mental health issues as her cruelty was unnecessary. I suffer from insomnia to this day as she would storm into my room when I was very small and batter me with pokers, slippers, belts and her hands. Her contorted and twisted face haunts me frequently as I would scream for her to please stop. 
I have neck trauma from sleeping against the bedroom door, surrounded by my teddies hoping they could help, in a futile attempt to stop her from getting in. Not that it did much good. A beautiful and stark contrast to all of this was my magical grandmother. I'd often spend time with her and they were the best days of my life. I can still feel the sun on my face, hear the wind in the trees and feel the long grass stroke my hands as I walk through the countryside with her. It was a blissful time of my life with homemade blackcurrant jam, poached eggs, grand reading to me. I, I can still hear her singing hymns in the kitchen and almost by magic producing a trickle tart or homemade donuts after tea. Whenever I hear the crows in the trees and the smell of silage at the farms, I'm transported back to these wonderful times. My mother would be all smiles when I would come home, but once my lift left, she would scream at me, accuse me of loving my grandmother more. I would hide away in the garden, crying, thinking, why am I such a bad person? Why can't my mother just love me? I would sit there with the cats and my Star Wars men and imagine I was a million miles away from where I was. That feeling of loneliness I've carried my whole life. In primary school, it was soon deemed that I was lacking any academic skills whatsoever. I struggled to read, my maths were poor, and as hard as I tried, I could just not pick anything up. My vocabulary was rich and my imagination fertile from listening to my gran and from listening to the radio, which would be a dear friend throughout my life. But I could not express anything in written form. My behaviour had developed into two very distinctive patterns. Class monkey, mischievous, joking, enthusiastic and keen to please. And the other side felt worthless, stupid, scared, insecure. I found it difficult to connect to other people. I found it hard to trust people and my going home after school became a very anxious experience, which led to high anxiety at the age of seven. In school, I was put into remedial classes and when dignified visitors came to the school, I was put in a stock room to keep me and my up and down behaviour out of the way. And this added to the feelings of worthlessness. But... A life is full of miracles. There are people who see something in you, take the time to give you a chance to offer hope, love, to offer magic. A young teacher called Misery started spending one-to-one time with me on my reading. I could see the letters, but they were all jumbled in my head, and I could not make sense of what I was seeing. Misery helped me unscramble the letters, and like a codebreaker, I could suddenly make sense of what was on the page. This was the mid-80s United Kingdom, which was under the Thatcher government. So schools were often 30 children per class and one teacher and books shared between two to three pupils. So to have this gift of someone teaching me to read was a miracle and it changed my life forever. I was not actually diagnosed as dyslexic until I was 17. So thank you, Miss Reese. Wherever you are, you are an angel. I went from stage one books, you know, the basic Jim and John affairs, to the level 15, which was more advanced, in three years. By the time I was 10, I was deep into books like The Lord of the Rings. Reading was a fantastic gift. It allowed me to forget the trauma and depressive solitude of my life. My mother on her bad days would rip up my books. I remember her throwing my Duncan Wood book about Kung Fu moles into the fire and beating my legs with a poker, and I have no idea why. My knees have never been the same. She told me I was stupid as often as she could, and at that age you believe it. But my books were my escape. I journeyed to Mars with John Carter, went on epic quests with Gandalf and the Hobbits, and fought along Captain Hood against hordes of aliens. Reading has always been a magical part of my life. Every Christmas, all I wanted was a book. When my mother finally left, and it was just my dad and myself, I must say I was relieved. But by then, my early teens, mentally I was broken. I found it almost impossible to relate to anyone, to trust anyone. And I would walk home from school wishing I could be someone else, or just wishing I was dead. People in school who were nice to me, I would just distrust. I had no idea why anybody would want to be nice to me. 
I would not be diagnosed as bipolar for another 30 years. My abusive mother created two thought processes, one desperate for approval, to mean something in the world, to make people happy, make them laugh, make them feel good about themselves. And the other side was incredibly lonely, disconnected, depressed, with ebbs of depression, suicidal depression, and isolated in a world of self-loathing. But believe it or not, there is much positivity born from my mother's actions, as to this day, I will go out of my way to protect and defend those that cannot protect themselves, the old, the young, and animals. I talk openly about my experiences to help others realise you were not the one who was bad or stupid or fat or unwanted. You are amazing and our lives will not be defined by the broken mentality of our abusers. I am not a victim. I do not look for pity. I am not filled with hatred but look for the angels, those O people in life. Every day I wake up and regardless of what has happened the day before, it is a fresh start and a new dawn and a new day to make your life matter. Growing up was hard. We had no money. I was happy in my solitude of reading, computer games and the radio. Secondary school, I was just a loner, switching from class monkey to quiet and insecure. I loved English literature, history and religious education, as my fertile imagination would bring me back in time to faraway lands and on epic odysseys. As a dyslexic, I subvocalize, so I read a book in my head, and it is said subvocalization reading takes around 25% longer to read, but my brain creates incredible vivid visuals as I delve into the book. It's like living in a great film. Money became really tight, it was a really scary time, and we were struggling, so I got my first job as a cleaner for a supermarket. It was an early morning 5am till 9am job, and then I would head to school, and then from 4 to 6 go back to work and do as much study as my energy levels would allow. At that time it was £2 an hour, which meant that a full week would allow me to pay the rent. I didn't mind the work, I got to listen to my music on my cassette player. I discovered bands like the Pixies, but the people I worked with were incredibly broken and some had experienced horrific lives and as a result they were very hostile, aggressive people and I experienced a huge amount of bullying. I had chemicals put in my gloves that stripped my skin off my hands, glass in my boots. I was told I was ugly, I was gay, I was stupid. All these people projecting, like my mother had, their focused hurt onto me, a young skinny teen who could not stick up for himself. I remember vividly one time a very ill colleague forcibly grabbed me by the hand and thrust it between her legs. And when I reacted in a horrified manner, she smashed me in the head with a mop handle and screamed at me, spitting at me, which triggered memories of my mother. I remember lying there, a teenager on the floor, crying and sobbing, just wanting to die. Being triggered like that has been a huge part of my life and something I have to accept, work with and live with. At that time, I felt my life was a joke and my life had no meaning. It was during this time that I learned the power of visualisation. I didn't know what it was, but I would do it. I would imagine a life where I would be a successful writer or journalist or even an archaeologist. In my imagination, I would be confident and successful, be able to give my dad and gran the best life ever. I was pretty exhausted from my cleaning work and school routine, but managed some surprisingly good grades for my A-levels. I was delighted with an A-level for English literature. I was offered some higher education placements to study American literature, and oddly enough, peace and war studies. But we had no money, and my meagre wage was needed to keep us going. My grand pleaded with me to stay at home and look after my dad, which I did. I took up a few courses at the local college between work and studied random courses like film studies and media studies with no real goal in mind. One morning I was cleaning the supermarket car park when one of the cleaning staff came out and started berating me. I wandered off into the dark and hid amongst the recycling bins and started crying. I was absolutely worthless, but this was my life. I had no money, I was exhausted all the time, and I broke a glass jar 
and I thought if I just use the glass to just end it all here. On the outside I looked fine but inside I was a churning mass of hurt and depression. I had no idea why my life was like this. I just wanted to die or to be someone else. I was startled by a pale gruff looking skinhead emerging from the darkness. Why do you let him talk to you like that? He said. I dropped the glass and said I didn't know why. He offered me a cigarette. I'd never smoked in my life. And as I coughed and choked, he said, why don't I just work on the night crew with better people and better money? I didn't think I was better than a cleaner. And my dad told me to stick at it no matter what. The skinhead said he'd seen me coming in early in the morning, working, being bullied, changing into my school uniform, coming back in the evening and cleaning the bakery and said I was better than that. No one until this stage of my life had told me I was something more. Jimmy, that skinhead, he is one of my angels and I'm proud he is one of my friends. I started the night shift filling shelves away from the cleaners and in amongst the skinheads, ex-army, ex-cons, the tattoos, the drinkers and the partiers and the foul language. Found a family, people I'm proud to call my friends to this day. It hurts to think so many died so young. I miss them terribly. Those people are genuinely good people and I am thankful I got to find friends like them. The money was so much better which meant I could pay more bills at home. I never had money for myself and I had no respect for money by this stage. I worked hard and I had little to show for it, but it was the right thing to do. In amongst my work life, I found a world of Kurt Vonnegut, Hunter S. Thompson and Philip K. Dick to distract me. And these writers fueled my imagination. I'd wanted to be a writer, but felt that that was something that was never going to happen. And so it goes. Life plodded along. I was working long nights filling shelves. I met a girl. We miscarried. I hated myself. I lost her. And at that age, you think you know everything. But I knew nothing. One day in my self-loathing while I was filling shelves, I visualised a world of success where the harder I worked, the more I got paid. I applied for 40 jobs in two weeks, but the rejection was a tough pill to swallow. It added to my belief I was worthless. But good news, I had a breakthrough. Two job interviews in one day. One I failed as the interview was conducted in Welsh. I don't speak Welsh. I ran as fast as I could to get to the next interview and turned up a hot sweaty mess at the local newspaper office and was interviewed for a job on the sales team. And I got it. I had never been so excited in my life. My dream job with the harder I worked, the more I got mentality had come true and I was good at it. I progressed quickly, earning while achieving bonus. I got promoted really quickly, met a nice girl there. We fell in love, bought a house and my life fell apart. The house appeared to be haunted and it ripped my happy life apart. But that is another story for another day. I lost the house, her and my job. My time at the house is well documented in Haunted Horror of Halford West, if you want to go down that rabbit hole. I took it bad, started drinking heavily and made every mistake a man at that age can make. To the outside world, I was happy, smiling, in control. Inside was quite different. I had learned to live comfortably with a front. I was blessed quickly get back into my career and I soon realised that in amongst the self-loathing I had the ability to put on a brave face to motivate and encourage. I also realised I was not great with stress and would often fly off the handle, become frustrated, rude and arrogant. I hate that. I was Mr Marmite. I was blessed to have such good angels in my career. Oh, people are everywhere in the likes of Tim Gould, Kevin Hyer, Debbie Rainbow, Richard Harris. And even this late stage of my life, people like Dominic James could see the good, the worth, the potential and try and focus and harness the good stuff into some good actions. I am blessed that these people took a chance for me, supported me, listened to me, offered firm but fair guidance when I was often one. I am blessed. Thank you all so much. You've all made a huge difference in my life. 
I gained an opportunity to audition for a TV show, a reality show about salespeople, and managed to secure a place on the show after weeks of auditions and tests. I won ITV's Natural Born Sailors in 2008 and was awarded Britain's Best Salesman. I won £88,000 and I gave half to the guy who came second. That's just the kind of person I am. And I got invited onto other TV shows, including the UK's Harry Hill Show. I had visualised success, fame, opportunity and wealth, and I never enjoyed it. I had a stalker break into my home, and I realised I was never satisfied with anything I did. My inner voice of worthlessness was persistent and constant. I had constantly self-criticised everything I ever did. My days in a depressed state were often and then juxtaposed with hypermanic, Mr. Positive mental attitude days. My whole mind was in conflict. My mother's twisted, contorted, spitting face screaming as she beat me, a constant companion in my life. On the outside, I was smiling. I needed a break and rented a little cottage in a little Welsh hamlet where some of my friends lived and spent a whole year cultivating an addiction to alcohol and exploring my depression. Stint in radio followed and I was a corporate events executive, which was fun. But deep down, I always felt that nagging voice. I was nothing. I was worthless. So I met a girl. We got a house. She drank. I drank. It was a recipe for disaster. Then my grand died. I was snapped in half. A hollow cold pain inside absorbed me. She was unconditional love. She was the light against everything negative and destructive in my life. She was so beautiful, so kind, an angel. She was gone. People would ask how I was. I'm fine, I would say, but I just wanted to die. I was drinking two bottles of rum, three bottles of wine and copious amounts of beers and smoked 40 cigarettes every day. There was no point to life. So in January 2013... I rang my gran. I knew she wouldn't answer, but it was a last desperate attempt to feel connected to this world. I felt like I had nobody. I took all the medication in the house, left no note, and necked a bottle of rum. I did not die. I have no idea why I didn't, but something or someone deemed it necessary for me to wake up with no ill effects of my suicide attempt. Was it my grandmother's spirit or an angel or just a fluke? Something had changed in me though. The voice inside was screaming, rise, wake up, start living. I was homeless for a bit, but I was so happy. Life was so basic for a short time and I found at a bus station I was having a wash at a copy of The Secret. 
I devoured the message and began my journey of rebuilding. All of the drinking and negativity and so much of my life couldn't be blamed on everyone. I took accountability. I refocused and within a few weeks, miracles started happening everywhere. Opportunities appeared. I sobered up. Good people rallied around me and I have not drank or smoked or done anything of that nature for seven years. I am sober and I beat my addiction and my life is better without booze. I reinvented myself. I have an abundance of energy and I focus that energy to rise, to climb out the abyss and spread positivity where I could. I became a sales trainer, a highly sought sales trainer at that and prided myself on the ability to connect, inspire and motivate positive action. I use my life as an opportunity to say, yes, bad things happen. Life can be challenging. People can be cruel. But guess what? We never got the choice to be born, but we have the choice on how we live our lives. I spread my wings. I felt the sun and I flew. I wrote a book about my experiences in the haunted house and with months it'd been read by thousands of people. My writing dream came true and it was wonderful. I worked hard in my sales career and I enjoyed every second I could. I was humble but hungry for success and offered opportunity and a chance and motivation to anybody who wanted it. I paid off all my debts, respected the money I earned and helped my dad, my friends and I started saving and I started enjoying life. I ran successful call centres in South Wales employing hundreds of people and some of them I gave the gift of self-belief. People came through our doors who were told they were unemployable, worthless, a drain on society, called uneducated bums and with positive reinforcement, the training and the belief those people became owners of their own life and became successful in their own right. We were undeterred by those negative critical attacks, those snobs that thought that because we hadn't had the proper education or a good home that we knew nothing and to the doubters and the naysayers we proved them wrong with hard work and self-belief. The rush of positivity was like a gift from the universe. In 2017, I was given a good dose of my positivity when the room suddenly turned black. I'd suffered a mini stroke and it took time to get my strength, my cognitive abilities and my speech back. But then I got back on the saddle and continued to strive for a purposeful and rewarding life. But that negative nagging voice came back, the flashbacks of my mother's cruelty, the the grief for my gran, all my insecurities flooded back, the mini stroke had amplified all my feelings and I was crushed. What was wrong with me? I saw a doctor and he was actually shocked to realise that I thought everybody on the planet thought the same way I did. I thought everybody was either really happy or really sad. And it was after psychiatric testing I was diagnosed as bipolar. It was formed after the behaviour of my mother as my mind desperately tried to cope. It left me with a super energetic, positive, fun, motivational, super chatty and creative thought process that needed attention to be loved and to matter. And then another side that made me feel worthless, pointless, fat, ugly, unloved, depressed and suicidal. I go through these bouts of either mental state approximately every six weeks and they last from a few days to a few weeks. And I've been working through these amplified thoughts and feelings for the last few years and try and find a baseline, a sweet spot and avoid being triggered as best as I can. Then another miracle happened. I started working with authors of John Hunt Publishing, using my lifetime of sales and marketing skills to help other authors. But these authors had written books based on their own experiences and these authors shared the gift of love, 
positive teaching, inspirational messages, and the ability to own your own life, to love yourself, to understand the soul inside and the universe around us. So this is my gift to you all. This is my gift to you all. This is my journey. And I'm proud to present to you the O people, the people that help us find our own inner O. The O inside is that peace, that understanding, that love, the recognition that your life matters. And we all have a place in this world. Join me on my journey as you listen to some of the most inspirational people on the planet here as a gift for us all. You are all amazing. Your life matters. You have the ability to change your life for the better, to own your life, to strive for your dreams, to believe in your ability to have the life you want. I'm a dyslexic bipolar guy from a council estate who suffered a mini stroke and I am proud of my life, the opportunities and the rewards. The challenges have made me a better person and a stronger person and my determination to succeed and my love for seeing how people grow is a gift. I am Gavin Lee Davis and I am blessed with the life I have had and the O people on this podcast are the most incredible people you can ever want to know. The O people are saying to you, own your life today. You, me, we, we are taking control of our lives and embracing our inner O. And please, if we motivate and inspire you, please join our Patreon and give us just one pound or one dollar as a thank you and I'll put you in a monthly prize draw to win an O Books book, okay? So if we motivate you or inspire you to make positive changes, then visit www.patreon.com forward slash O People Podcast. That's www.patreon.com forward slash O People Podcast. Keep us motivating the world. Keep us producing more episodes. This is the O People's Podcast. Let's tap into that inner O and let's start listening. We will be right back after these important messages. You are listening to the O People Podcast. O books aim to enlighten and inspire our readers. So change your life today and visit www.o-books.com for more spirituality, personal development, MBS and self-help titles. It's never too late to make positive changes to your life. So visit www.o-books.com today and explore a world of personal growth and positive teachings. What if the after effects of a near-death experience were undeniable? What if a person could suddenly produce high-quality paintings of the afterlife, or if they acquired the ability to compose classical symphonies? Read Shine On, the remarkable story of how I fell under a speeding train, journeyed to the afterlife, and the astonishing proof I brought back with me. Read Shine On today on e-readers, and wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com today. Does Genesis teach that the human race was created by God or engineered by ETs? Read Escaping from Eden today from wherever books are sold. Become the alchemist of your world. 
In The Secret of the Alchemist, Colm Holland reveals how you can discover the power to miraculously change the world around you beyond all recognition and for the better. Colm will tell you the story of his encounter with Paolo Coelho and his best-selling book, The Alchemist, and how discovering the secret gave him the insights to achieve true empowerment in his life and how you can too. Read The Secret of the Alchemist today. Available from wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com to learn how you too can become the alchemist of your life.